Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You. Today, it is my privilege to have a very, very accomplished psychologist and an author with me, Dr. Rajat Mitra. Rajat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Dr. Mitra is a master's in clinical psychology. He's done his PhD in attachment theory. He is a professor of psychology at Amity University. He's received several awards and he's the author of The Infidel Next Door. Rather, tell me a little bit about what you would say are three key milestones in your life or career. The three key milestones in my life was one, to become a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw that how young people were heading towards the mental illness and had nowhere to turn to. I'm talking of 80s uh, at that time when few men, almost virtually no men would uh, pick up psychology as a career. And uh, I was uh, told that there is no future in this, why you are going for this, this is a women's profession, you will have no job, there are uh, no, so that was uh, a major milestone. The second milestone was uh, when I had gone to a police station regarding some work, it was to get my uh, mother's passport and I saw that how a family was, you know, being tormented because they were believed to be suspects. And uh, they had just gone through a trauma and it affected me deeply because I felt that uh, traumatized people in police stations or anywhere should not be have to go through this kind of a torture. So that was the second uh, milestone because that made me work towards in the criminal justice system. And uh, the third milestone was when I started with working with human rights defenders across Asia. And uh, I saw that how, you know, the system can persecute the individual, making him, trying to make him powerless, and the individual rises against that. So unknown people, people who had virtually, you know, nothing to fall back upon, rose against the system. And I saw that how history has been shaped by these people, these individuals who decided not to bow to an unjust and unfair uh, system. So these, I would say, are the three key milestones. And thank you for asking me. I never thought of these questions before. No, <laughs> as, I, as I was mentioning to you, this, this show is entirely about the incredible amount of knowledge, experience and wisdom. So many good, successful people like you have. Yeah. So, you know, moving on, uh, Rajat, you know, let's talk a little bit about mental health. Okay. How critical is it for people around me to recognize that I may be having issues of mental health and what are the symptoms that they should look for? Okay. I think mental health is a very important uh, concept, uh, you know, for people. In fact, I can tell you that when we were working in our last office, it was a mental health organization. And uh, when we had, it was just our second day and our neighbor uh, came up and he was extremely angry. He told me that, uh, you know, it is a mental health place. Uh, people who are mad will come here. And I would rather have a brothel next to me than a mental health place. So we were, you know, worried. I tried to tell him that, uh, you know, the people we work with are, uh, you know, disabled and uh, that he was not willing to listen. Just a few days later after this, he had a problem. His son attempted suicide and he called me up and he said, uh, can you help me out? So 
I, I did that. And then he came to apologize. And he said, uh, look, I'm sorry, Dr. Mitra. I've said a lot of uh, hurtful things to you. But I realized that, you know, when it struck me what I needed, and because you were next door to me, our your office, uh, we were in a residential area, actually, we were, you know, it was a corner flat somebody had given us to work in. Mm -hmm. that, has, that changed his perspective. So when it strikes us, then we know, right? And that is true with probably, you know, almost the entire population. The second is about mental health, about uh, poor people. Uh, mental health in our country is still limited to the upper class, upper middle class. And what bothered me most was the lowest uh, psycho uh, social strata does not get any access to that. And what I uh, found in my work in the criminal justice system, we were a psychologist, a group of psychologists running a mental health service, is that how many of them actually could tell what had happened with them, the crime, the trauma, and it helped in the process of justice. So what made me aware was the macro level change that mental health can bring about, awareness of it can bring about, I saw young girls and women who stood up uh, to their rapists and testified in court, you know, which I, we couldn't imagine doing so. So that's why I would say that uh, its impact, uh, its awareness is increasing tremendously. So tell me, if even though awareness is increasing a lot, a psychological condition or a problem of a mental health or depression is still talked about in very hushed tones. Yes. Why, what, is, why, what will it take for people to understand that like we get sick in so many of our organs, the brain is just another organ which could have a problem and it's curable. Sure. I think as, uh, you know, I mean, this has been the same situation in almost every country, you know, and if you see the beginning of mental health and how mental health uh, grew, everywhere it has been the same. And what has helped is uh, more and more survivors coming forward and talking about their stories. It, it was the same in USA till the time when two things happened, you know. President Kennedy gave an impetus to that because he had seen mental health issues. You know, one of his uh, relatives was uh, severely afflicted mm -hmm. and how it was helped. And he realized that I, being the president of U USA, have a duty towards it. So there was political leadership, one, uh, you know, that helped. Secondly, uh, survivors came forward in large numbers to talk about themselves, to say how they have recovered everyone from celebrities to ordinary individuals. So which kind of uh, produced a sense of mass awareness in people uh, making it some look banal and not uh, something which was different or evil or something which has to do with say past life or my karma or uh, you know something which is God's will that I'm going through this. So all those myths were washed away as large number of survivors. And it's very important in India that we have survivors uh, come forward to talk about it. The more people talk about it, it would go. So, you know, my mother had dementia, advanced dementia in her, in her late life because of some personal shocks that she went through when I lost my, my youngest brother. I used to go with her for her treatment on a regular basis. And I used to wonder, how do you as a doctor determine success with your patient? 
I think I determine success by, you know, a different ways. And as a doctor, I have worked in the field. So, for example, uh, when we st- I worked in Tehar prisons for 15 years, and it was a project uh, to reduce violence in the prisoners. And uh, the yardstick was something very strange. I mean, the headwarder told me that, uh, sir, because people have to do activities. So if you are working over here and the bulb stays intact, know that you are successful. So we worked, we worked for six, this is ward number 14, jail number four, Tihar prisons for records. So we worked for six months. And after six months, uh, I got a call from uh, Kiran Bedi's office. We had started the program together, Kiran Bedi, myself and Dr. Harinder Sethi. It was a violence management program. She says, uh, can you come over today? So I went over and uh, there was the head of the ward, Jathedar, he was sitting. And he was telling us with gleaming eyes that, sir, aaj bulb nahi tuta. So, so which was a thing. I mean, I speak of it at clinical conferences and people laugh. I mean, that was a thing that, yes, the prisoners were taking to our program and they had decided not to, you know, break the bulb, right? I mean, of course, this is a, you know, different situation, but each situation we measure success in different ways. Like for example, in working with sexually abused uh, children and women, I would determine success that uh, they stick to the long uh, due arduous, you know, uh, trial process. And despite allurements, threats, uh, because of the counseling and therapy that we continue to provide, they have not given up. They stand by it. And I realized that the need for justice in people is innate. And as psychologists, we are only supporting it. We are only helping to, you know, kind of bring it out. We are not doing anything extraordinary. We are just supporting them, right? Coming to, for example, other areas like trauma, depression, and uh, violence that I have worked with, sometimes the results takes place after 10 years. Uh, Somebody I met uh, the other day at the airport, he came up to me and he said, are you so-and-so? I said, yes. He said, do you remember you came to me and uh, you talked to me about this? So at first I couldn't recall. And he said, you know what? That was the day if you had not come, I would have gone ahead and committed either suicide or killed somebody. I did not do it. And each time uh, in the last 10 years, I have thought of your face, your words, and I've used that to calm myself down, right? I had forgotten about it, but it made me realize that, you know, we cannot look for instant gratification in people in this field, right? So sometimes it takes uh, months and years and I don't invest that way in the outcome of therapy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people get uh, affected or upset by what we have said. They come back to you after years, after months to say that what they have achieved uh, for themselves. So, of course, there are also situations where people get up and say, OK, you know what you have told me, it is something great and I'll remember it. Can I shake your hand? I say, yeah, sure, you can shake. There have been people who have asked to hug. And I say, sure, you can do that, provided, you know, certain you know, gender issues are taken care of. And they go away and they never come back. So it's a one session cure that they have gone through and I've forgotten about it. So there are different, uh, you know, uh, ways in which we decide that. Yeah. Very interesting. Without sharing uh, any names of patient confidentialities, can you talk about maybe one or two difficult patients? 
uh, okay i think uh, i don't see anyone as a difficult patient i see any, everyone as uh, a challenging patient uh, you know challenging I, I, patient I and i also don't use the word patient very much because of us because i realize uh, that when i stop using the word patient and i use the word uh, client my attitude changes i'll i'll tell you about i'll tell you about two patients uh, quickly uh, this is someone who was diagnosed uh, with schizophrenia and he came to our center sanjeevni where i used to work uh, and uh, he had come there he the parents were very well off uh, they had uh, tried uh, and gone through almost every you know therapist including milton erickson i mean he was his personal you know he put a lot of focus upon him uh, at that time milton erickson is regarded as the world's greatest hypnotherapist of the last century and a, really a genius whom i admire so when he came over i was kind of nervous i said okay he has been treated by milton erickson and he has suggested that he should see someone in india so he was regarded as uh, yeah he was from i would i can name the doctor dr alok uh, serene and you know he it was an extremely violent person and it took uh, almost one year uh, year and a half to kind of you know bring him to a state where he became okay and uh, he opened a business center for himself and he is doing well then one day when he had done that then dr serene called me aside and he said you know uh, rajat i want to say this that uh, the other day there was a psychiatric conference and three psychiatrists uh, you know we met together uh, and discussed it and we were saying that he w- has been the most difficult patient of our career mm-hmm. so and the fact that he's able to recover to this level it is really stupendous and i think this is a great example of medication and psychotherapy then uh, milieu therapy rehabilitation therapy all working together in unison which is a very important thing because mental health is you know multidisciplinary it is interdisciplinary where psychiatrists psychologists social workers the family we all work together to help client uh, to come to terms with it so we discussed the different therapeutic steps that we had done the most important steps was uh, building up trust and attachment with this person who had completely uh, you know lost it and uh, it was uh, a great thing when we were taking the members outside for a trip for 7 days and he joined and he thoroughly enjoyed of course he stayed in my room and i was re- you know responsible for that but that was a breakthrough for him and he talked about you know how difficult life has been for him every night he would stay up and we would you know carry on talking i mean right i'm sure would you know turn in his grave if you were to hear that that i'm having sessions till 2 o'clock in the night with my patients but he would uh, you know before going to sleep for 7 days he talked to me you know just like a, a child with his uh, parent and i listened uh, and uh, he could unburden himself and i realized how important perhaps this moment was for him so he was uh, you know one of the most difficult patients uh, that i Uh, uh you know dealt with the other patient i'll quickly talk about is i'm full of memories when you ask me this question and it's very difficult to choose but i'll just choose uh, someone uh, this was a girl whom we met as part of our violence management project uh, in a police station in new delhi in south delhi and uh, 
while talking she told us that she has she is being sexually abused by her father and uh, he did it last many years back so uh, we said that then you know we need to lodge a case of 376 sexual assault and the policeman there said that look this happened uh, several years back he has not been doing so and there is no evidence for it it is just her word against the father's word and uh, you will not be able to you know do anything so why don't we just forget it and but i said my conscience doesn't allow me i mean i cannot sleep tonight by you know saying that so i went back and told the girl that what you have told me i would you go ahead and your father did it a couple of years back she says yes i will because i know why my father has stopped because my younger sister is growing up and his eyes are on her and i will not let her do it uh, let him do it so she lodged a case we fought uh, the battle in the court uh, and everything was against it and uh, you know but finally she was threatened we were threatened uh, you know we were told to take the case back it was one of the most powerful lawyers who told uh, me in the court that dr mitra i haven't lost a case in my life okay and i want you to remember that he was mocking us threatening us he came with a group of lawyers almost 12 of them who would surround me like cricket players so, you know in a field intimidate me they intimidated the girl the mother and uh, she stood her ground we stood her ground and she would talk and uh, then the judge finally was forced uh, to you know give uh, he understood uh, that it had happened uh, an incident you know which made it possible he said uh, that uh, you know how uh, how do you know that you know how how should i believe you so when he assaulted you what do you notice from that time he said she said you know there is i uh, there is a very big mark on his thigh near the genitals so uh, he said uh, that okay why didn't you tell it before she said because nobody asked me so you know the judge asked uh, that to be examined and it was found exactly the way it was and he said okay that settles for me and the truthfulness in her voice the determination i have no doubts about it it was covered by the magazine outlook you know in a whole article it was called doctors orders and how for the first time a psychologist's uh, testimony along with support uh, to the victim helped uh, to find justice and let me tell you this was a muslim girl from one of the most disadvantaged areas uh, of delhi everyone pressured her but she stood her ground and she said no i stand for the safety of my younger sister so issues like this you know where you have to carry on for years which is painstaking detailed work uh, is something that uh, i would consider challenging and i think that uh, i hope Uh, that in times to come many more psychologists pick that up and do it themselves and yeah. really hope so too so i'm going to i've got time for two more questions for you okay you know dr mitra mental health affects everybody from yeah. young to old the millennials who are the future yeah. of our country i find they have face a lot of stresses yeah what have been your experience of seeing challenges amongst young patients what kind of challenges are there i think uh, there are many challenges uh, one is that they are uh, you know first of all right now if you see in the covid situation they are dealing with a digital world the definitions of things are changing so and uh, there is increased uh, detachment in society 
like for example the kind of attachments our generation had or even the generation after that so that attachment is broken and that is uh, one of the major reasons that i find young people you know going through it the second thing which i find is that values for young people are becoming relative as a process i don't blame them for it because that's uh, many young people today say if uh, if it feels okay then it is okay for us values were absolute you know this is good this is bad right. and making things relative is making it very difficult because that makes it subjective and for you to you know uh, decide the third i would say is what is called process oriented thinking right now if you look at a television today in one second there are 10 images flashing in our times there were 10 in uh, you know uh, for 10 seconds one image would stay through so we could connect we could bond and our mind could process so process oriented thinking is going away and that is leading to more detachment separation and grief in young people so these are in a nutshell are uh, some of the major challenges for the young people so then i'm going to ask you now uh, two questions for you personally okay my first question is that where do you draw your inspiration from i mean you're helping so many people who've got their own set of challenges where does rajat draw his inspiration from okay i uh, draw my inspiration from meditation from reading from sometimes uh, turning you know inwards i draw my inspiration from supervision i have a psychologist who's a supervisor for me who helps me with issues and uh, also i have learned to detach myself uh, from the issues uh, of other person i don't make their issues my issues it happened to me in the beginning and it still happens like if i see you know for example in working with refugees i cry but then i'm a human being i let it come out right i'm aware of what i'm going through and i share that as long as you are aware and you don't deny it i remember the words of my supervisor the first time i went to the rehab center and she asked me how was your day and i said i'm disturbed i i have not she said okay you're ready for it because you are in touch with how you are being affected there was another girl who said i'm fine it's okay nothing happened she says no this is a unusual place so until unless you are affected by it and you are able to talk about it you will not last into this field very interesting and my last question to you yeah what does success mean to you i think success means to me to uh, work with people success doesn't mean to me earning lot of money i'm uh, you know i mean that has never been my this but success for me for example would mean doing things for my country for my people seeing to it uh, that i'm able to uh, disseminate my knowledge as i'm doing in the university right now or reaching out to uh, the poorest of the poor to help them with their innate uh, you know to bring out the justice within them so that is something which i would define as my yardstick of success and i have never been uh, you know i've always worked in the community in the field and i feel that uh, you know you should be true to your people you should be true to your nation and work through them i see our nation is going through grief you know we have been slaves for many years and uh, just like 
you know, slavery in other countries, people who have not come out of that trauma, like uh, whether it's blacks or whether it is uh, the native populations, we have also been subjugated and traumatized. And uh, this is something that to make people aware of is my goal. And I worked uh, in refugees, uh, I wouldn't call them refugees, with Kashmiri uh, pundits in um, the camps over there. And, uh, you know, based upon that, I wrote a book, uh, which was uh, The Infidel Next Door, which I want more and more people to read because it is based on my psychology, uh, psychological understanding and analysis of uh, what we have gone through and uh, be able to deal with the grief and come to terms with it. Like, for example, they have done in South Africa, there was Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or there was healing between Nazis, uh, you know, ex-Nazis and Jews uh, who could deal with the Holocaust. We have also many important issues to discuss. And for me, success would mean working upon those issues to allow healing to happen at a macro level, not at a micro level, not just individually, but something that helps the society as a whole. That's fantastic. Dr. Mitra, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and honor speaking to you. Thank you for the incredible work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.